What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Game Point Pod. My name is Fata, and I got my co-host, the legend, Yezin. Talk to me, broski. What's new? Oh, what's new is, you know, sometimes being a Knicks fan isn't all that bad uh, when you get to share your futility with other people. Uh, and, and I get to share my futility with everyone who cheered for the English national team at the Euro 2020. <laughs> It's not coming home, it's going to Rome, and it was beautiful to watch, to see them suffer like I have in my particular sports. So, sorry lads, but uh, not this year. What is it, 66 till now still? Yikes. Yeah, definitely problematic. Uh, Let me put this question out here. Who is the NBA comparison when it comes to England and their just sheer disappointment over the last half century? Ooh. I want to say the Knicks, but the Knicks haven't been close to winning a championship since probably 99. So I can't really say them. I mean, you know, it has to just be a team that's kind of been there, but just hasn't really gotten over the hump yet. Uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's a tough one. What do you think? Could you say Milwaukee, maybe? I guess we'll see this year how, how things fare out. I guess we will. I mean, maybe Milwaukee. Maybe it's coming home to... Uh, you know the cheese country over there in wisconsin but yeah milwaukee might be a good one you know they've kind of been they've been up there a little bit um you know i guess phoenix has been in you know up there here and there portland's been kind of in and out a little bit so Mm -hmm. yeah yikes england sorry lads but not this year yeah well it perfectly transitions over to the nba finals and with the nba finals that we got going on lots of storylines and lots of buzz has circled around the nba universe but don't you worry The Game Point pod will always have you covered. We'll get you the latest details as to what is going on and whether we got changes in our predictions, perhaps, as we are in the halfway point of the series. Let's drop the beat, y'all. So on this week's segment of Run That, we will talk about the NBA Finals and where we are at thus far. Since our last episode aired right before Game 1, I thought I might give you guys a little brief rundown of the games played so far. So let's just start off with Game 1. It was a shock to all of us, of course, that Giannis was cleared to play with no-minute restrictions, which got guys like me in shambles as I selected the Suns to win the series. And I thought, hey, I might need to reconsider, but let me see how game one fares out. So during the course of game one, you can tell Giannis wasn't feeling himself and didn't really assert himself into the game as much as he usually does with his dominance. But yet he still had an effective game with 20 points, 17 rebounds on 6'11 shooting which is pretty efficient to say the least compared to someone who hasn't played for a week. But the Bucks, as a team, looked so unprepared and received nothing from Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. The Suns were blazing from the jump, led by CP3 and his 32-9 performance as they cruised to a 118-105 win. In Game 2, Giannis roars from the get-go and plays inspiring basketball as he tries to will his team single-handedly, but once again got little help from his team. He finished with a 42-point and 12 rebound game and yet again the Suns continue to rock and now off the back of Devin Booker this time which he was able to drop 31 points as they take on the Bucks to take a 2-0 series lead heading back to Milwaukee. Now let's get to yesterday where game three with their backs against the wall 
the Bucks finally woke up with their collective effort, primarily from Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis. The Suns looked like deer in the headlights, shall I say, no pun intended, of course, as they got absolutely demolished 120 to 111 as they cut the series lead to one. Now, in the present, we got a big pivotal game four on Wednesday. Yezin, do the Bucks tie it up or do the Suns take a stranglehold 3-1 series lead heading to close it out in game five in Phoenix? Tell me your thoughts. You put it, you put it perfectly. You, you should be doing commercials for the NBA. That was, that, for anyone who hasn't watched basketball, there you go. Two minutes, you just got caught up on the entire NBA finals. This game four is, is the series. I think we can agree. This is, this is, this is the series right here. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that if Phoenix, uh, wins one in Milwaukee. This ends in five in Phoenix. Um, but if Milwaukee ties it up, I mean, Suns in six is still alive. You know, it's been a tale of two series right now, uh, home and away. You know, it hasn't been close in really any game thus far. And a lot of people have kind of complained about that and, oh, we don't have a competitive finals. No, we do have a competitive finals, actually, despite the fact that all the games have been blowouts. I think their collective point total, they're about four points off um, between the two teams over three games, which is insanely close for an NBA final series. Uh, Giannis, we talked about Giannis last week, you know, where we thought, all right, maybe he sits a game. uh, Maybe he really did some, doesn't matter. Giannis just shut everyone up and said, listen, if I, if I fall and collapse at the end of this series, as long as I have a ring, I will do it. And you saw he came out. That first game, he struggled. He did not have a good game that first game. And you saw that he, you know, he was still hurt, but he willed himself. He powered on. And now he'd have back-to-back 40 and 10 games in the finals. I mean, only a few people have had that uh, in NBA history. You know, Shaq being one of them, Kobe being one of them, I believe uh, LeBron being one of them. So, I mean, he's come out and he said, listen, if, if, if four games to win a championship, like I said last week, and he's taken that to heart. Uh, last game, he showed it. Last two games, he showed it, even though they lost game two. So this is the series right here. Game four is the series right now. They really match up. It's, it's a weird matchup, the, these two teams. It's a weird matchup. The, the, the Bucks are a very good defensive team. Uh, the Suns are really, their offense is not predicated on, you know, just like pouring it on, but it's really... Ball movement. They move the ball very well. They find the open guy. They get in space. Aiton just completely destroys the board. So whoever wins game four, to me, I think wins the series. I definitely agree with you there when it comes to how pivotal game four is. Because when you look at both teams, Phoenix has always been a team that carries a large lead into the opponent arena. You see it in Denver. You see it in with the Lakers where you know they, they've had a really good series lead heading into the opponent's arena and then ends up dropping the third game. And from their track record, they're usually pretty good at bouncing back game four in order to have a closeout game in game five back at home. Uh, on the flip side, uh, history shows that the Bucks were always down in the series, primarily 0-2, and somehow ties it up heading back to a pivotal game five. So, both these teams have similarities where they get a shift in momentum in game four. So that's why I see game four being such a big game for both teams. It allows the Suns to get a stranglehold to bring the series back to Phoenix in order to close it out. And it allows the Bucks to make it a series of three 
by tying the series 2-2. So it's going to be a big deal. And speaking of game four, the thing that really boggles my mind is from last game where Devin Booker sat for a majority of that second half there, which to me seems like some kind of load management in the NBA finals. Like, are you kidding me? Like someone who's 23 years of age with a rare, not even a rare, like barely any injury history with this player and the fact that he was quote unquote rested because the game was out of hand to me was so weird in the fact that there's only a finite number of games left in the season and you decide to quit even though you're down 20 20 point leads aren't a thing in the nba anymore 20 point leads vanish right makes no sense to me i just find it very mind-boggling that they're that they would quit that early and try to give it in game four which why I see a lot of people now shifting gears to cheer on Milwaukee because at least Milwaukee is trying. Like Phoenix just kind of chalked it up. I don't know. What do you think of that? It's the NBA Finals, guys. It's like I I said it last week and I said it again today. Four games to win a championship. Four games to etch yourself in history. You should be playing 48 minutes if you're able to play 48 minutes. You should tell coach, listen, don't take me out. Period. Ever. I don't want to sit one minute, especially a guy who's what, 23, 24 years old and Devin Booker. Listen, yeah, you might not be playing great for different stretches or but there's no reason why your guys are not logging 45 minutes a game in the NBA finals, man. It's, it's just it doesn't make sense. Like we've seen guys in the regular season log 45 minutes a game. Imagine them in the finals, you know, the, uh, you know, I'm not saying to, to completely, you know, risk injury or whatever. But listen, like you got 48 minutes you know, across four to seven games, like you, you need to be out there. You're not, you're not going to get this time back, right? So I can imagine CP3 sitting down for long stretches. Guy's 36 years old. You know, he's he's been he's a veteran. You know, he's had his injury history. But young guys should not be sitting. Even Giannis, look at Giannis, man. Giannis is really on a bum leg right now. Put his team on his back. Putting his team, Greg Jennings, putting his team on his back, though. All right, and he's and he's out here, man. He's out here because he knows. I have the whole offseason to rest, man. I have the whole offseason to ice up, whatever. You still, you see him in the huddle. You see him in the huddle clapping and coaching. Budenholder's not doing anything. It's Giannis' team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for guys on like the Suns to be sitting right now, it just doesn't make sense. And that that might – game three might have been the turning point. It really might have. So I don't know if that's going to come back to bite him. For sure. And then when you think about it, game four is on Wednesday. So you're talking about a game that occurred on a Sunday – to rest your young player who's 23 years old for a game on Wednesday. Like, to me, it just doesn't make sense. I get if it's like a back-to-back, which will never happen in NBA Finals, of course, but you have two days rest between Game 3 and Game 4, and to chalk that game away, even though it's a 20-point lead, like, I think Milwaukee went on a 30-9 to run to end the first half. Like, I mean, and that's in a span of, like, four minutes. And, and no injury. No yeah. injury. He's sitting. He, he's not hurt. He's completely healthy. Like yeah. if you if you had a bum ankle, maybe if you got hit somewhere. No, you're healthy. Yeah, to me, I feel like just the fact that they waved the white flag so early in such a, a critical point in the season may turn the tides to Milwaukee's favor. And game four is gonna show it. Will Devin Booker, you know, shut all the haters out by playing fantastic and you know provide a Kobe S performance, or is he just gonna bow down to a Giannis Antetokounmpo who is highly motivated and imposing as well every single game to lead his team to a 2-2 series tie. We shall see. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you can just see it in the way they play. Giannis wants the ball. He's not making dumb decisions. He's not taking dumb threes. He's very calculated and cerebral with his shot selection. He gets so far down low in the post and gets foul calls. And guess what? In Milwaukee, he's hitting those free throws, man. He is hitting free throws in Milwaukee, you know, like like nobody's business. They're not making a sound in that building, and he's right. nailing them. So if you give him game three... I mean, if you give him game four, excuse me, oh, my God. Listen, they can take a game away. It's going to be hard, but they can take a game away. So if you're the Suns, you got to put it away right here, right now. This is, this is your game. This is your series clinching game right here. For sure. And I think the one thing that we need to kind of shed light on is the horrid play of Chris Middleton. I mean, you, we've seen flashes of Chris Middleton throughout the course of the playoffs where he plays at an extremely high level as if like he's an all-time great. And then he'll have games where he's looking like J.R. Smith. So, you know, when it comes to being in the limelight in, in such a, you know, important part of the season, like the NBA finals, I'd expect him to rise to the occasion. But for some reason, he still hasn't shown up yet. It's been three games. Do you think Chris Middleton will find a way to muster up some effort to give Giannis a lending hand to propel this Bucks team to a finals championship? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There. Listen, uh, I know Kendrick Person, Perkins said that uh, that Giannis was Robin to Chris Middleton's Batman, which is which is completely incorrect. But Middleton, listen, when they're going to start focusing on Giannis more, they know they understand that while he is a little hobbled, it didn't matter because he just dropped you know back to back forty in ten games. So clearly, they're going to put a lot more focus on him. Middleton's going to get his spots. Middleton loves that mid range. He loves that mid range. Uh, so once they give him some space, they move him around a little bit. I think he'll be fine. He's a perfect number two for for Giannis right now. Uh, I know he's a little streaky sometimes, but hey, sometimes you got to score in volume, man. Listen, if if you're six for twenty two. You know what? If if you still end up with 25 points, it's still a good game. You know what I'm saying? Get to the free throw line. Get to some threes. You know, sometimes you're not really looking at your percentages here in the finals. It doesn't matter. You know, if if I, I think it's kind of like the the Mamba mentality, where it's like, you know, if if I'm gonna take 50 shots, I better end up with you know 40, 50 points. It doesn't matter. You know how many shots I take. So um, yeah, I think Middleton should be fine. He's he's gonna get into it. You saw him in in the in the last series against the the Nets in the semifinals. Excuse me. Uh, and even against the Hawks when, when Giannis was out. Middleton is ready for the moment. He can step in. Uh, so give him time. Give him patience. We shall see. But patience is surely running out, especially with how big, how big Game 4 is. So we shall see on Wednesday, my friend. But with that being said, based on what we've discussed, are you going to be changing your prediction based on what you see thus far from the Bucks and from the Suns? Or are you going to leave it as is for now? Oh, I think you took Suns in seven and I took Bucks in seven. Uh, I, I think the attitudinal change, it, it gives me reason to keep that Bucks in seven call. I think the Bucks are, 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 are they're going to stomp on them now. They're, they're here. They're, they're out for blood, man. Uh, Giannis is out for blood. Uh, and I think, you know, sometimes momentum is a big thing. You know, it's it's like a it's like a UFC fighter who who gets knocked down in a round and then comes, you know, realizes that okay, you know, this guy's this guy's ready. Like I can take him out. So I still think the Bucks can pull it out, but they need to win this game. If you don't win this game, you're not winning two in Phoenix. Oh yeah, we shall see, my friend. We shall see. I am excited. Let's get it. So let's head on over to our next segment of Rundat, and that is. Team U.S. of A. So 
to just kind of highlight right now, the Olympic qualifiers have already been completed, and now all the Olympic qualified teams are going through a set of exhibition games. And Team USA suffered a stunning, while yet sobering defeat in its first exhibition game before the Olympics, getting simply put, outplayed by Nigeria in a 90-87 to loss on Saturday night. Coming into this game alone, the USA team have been 54-2 and in exhibition games. And since playing professionally in 1992, just nine years ago, they beat Nigeria by 83 points in the London Olympics. And then five years ago, they beat Nigeria by 43 points in exhibition. So you think, hey, maybe with the USA having their B team, they still might beat the Nigerian national team? Well, not so sure. Nigeria had seven current NBA players, and in comparison to the U- Team USA team, which is primarily made up of all NBA players, of course, they simply just didn't match the intensity. And my guy, Caleb Agata, former U Ottawa GG, stand up. Shout out. Came up big with 17 Shout points, out. 7 of 10 from 3, saucing up guys like Zach Levine and Bradley Beal on a goddamn island. Like, I mean... Choose whatever island you want. He got him cooking on Thousand Islands just outside of Ottawa, one and a half hours away. Like, maybe any island, he's there. And he put them on a spin cycle and simply performed to the highest level. And I'm proud of him because he got a few looks with the Utah Jazz as well as Denver Nuggets. And I believe he's on the verge of signing an NBA contract. I'm not too sure to which team yet, but Woj, Brian Windhorst, and these guys are raving. So let's talk about... Who is considered a dark horse in this race? I I do get that it is an exhibition game, and maybe some people are saying, hey, don't cry wolf, of course, but it still shows cause to pause that a team of USA filled with guys like KD, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, lose to a team that's composed of players that play international and yet lost by three. What are your thoughts on that, Yasin? Talk to me. That that man was built in Montpetit, man. That man was built in Montpetit, all right? Uh, yeah, shout out to Caleb Agata. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's a that's a worldly moment right there. Um, you know, does the uh, USA team have a reason to be concerned? Yes and no. Uh, no, because, I mean, look at their talent. I mean, it's it's pretty wide open. Like, how, how good they are. I mean, you know, they they're 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 among the elite in the NBA. They might not be the top sort of 15 players in the NBA, but I mean they're top 50 at least. Uh and then even like, you know, the 50th best player, like even the worst player on Team USA is probably better than most of the best players internationally who are playing uh, in the Olympics. Um mm-hmm. but does it give you cause for concern a little bit only because you know these guys have never played with each other a lot of these guys are entering their first olympics together some of them like katie have have been there for a while uh you know you have newcomers like tatum you have newcomers like uh levine and and it's a really young team uh not a good defensive team by any means i think (laughs) we saw that when nigeria dropped 60 points from three 60 six zero from three gave vincent looked like steph curry out there man all right, and all he plays with Miami Heat, and he's an NBA player. Gabe Curry, I just called him Gabe Curry. No, Gabe Vincent looked like Steph Curry out there. That perimeter defense is not going to, you know, get you far. Uh, you know, you have Bam Adebayo, great defense player. You have Draymond Green, great defense player. Uh, their their wing defenders not that great. The perimeter defense not that great. 
uh, they got to pour it on. I mean, this has this is a team that has to, you know, clearly they have to score a ton of points in order to win uh, basketball games. But at the end of the day, when you have KD, when you have Lillard, uh, Beal, guys, Tatum, who can kind of take over games, I think they're still going to win gold. I don't think it's it's uh, it's much of a debate yet. I mean, the quality of their of their opponents right now is is even by international standards not great. I mean, you don't have Serbia, who was the gold, who was a silver medalist in uh, 2016. They're not in. Uh, Spain is not what it used to be. So you know they're playing. I believe right now Australia, and they're they're playing them tight right now. And Australia is kind of one of those uh, pretty good teams out there, top ten ranked teams. So I think they'll be okay. But gosh. This was an eye-opener to lose in Nigeria, for sure. Yeah, the only reason why I have caused to pause is only because there's other better teams out there that could pose more of a threat. And I don't know if maybe the USA played very lax, with our, which I'm sure they, they did. Uh, so I'll give them that. But I'm thinking like of a team like, let's say, Slovenia, who has Luka Doncic. I don't know if Luka Doncic could be that guy that could carry that team to like make some kind of noise against the USA. I still think the USA will win gold, but I'm just trying to figure out as to what teams that are currently qualified in the Olympics thus far could pose as a problem for the U.S. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Spain still has a lot of, you know, quality NBA players. Even, uh, you know, it, it's kind of tough, man. You know, Argentina was, a, I believe, the fourth-ranked team, also has some NBA players as well. No one, I think, is going to really give them real cause for pause uh you know like i said serbia would have possibly been that team if you gave them sort of full strength uh canada probably could have pushed them a little bit had they even made it um but you know yeah yeah, i I don't see anyone really really challenging them you know to to that level where you think okay this this might be something but you know nigeria again give them credit they have several nba players precious achua they had uh vincent they have uh, a Kogi from um, from Minnesota, you know they're no slouches. They're no slouches at all. They they're here for a reason. Um, surprisingly enough, I don't believe they they called up um, OJ Ananobi. I believe he's uh, is is he Nigerian? He is Nigerian by ethnicity, but I think he has uh, British and USA nationality. So I'm not sure um, why he didn't he didn't hop on. But yeah, he would have been a key piece for them. That's for sure. Yeah. So I mean, you know, like that's. Or even Cameroon. I didn't even think of that. Like, you know, with guys like Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam and, and others, I'm surprised that they didn't even qualify. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of, also a lot of these guys don't play for those teams, like, you know, during certain, certain times, right, uh, for them to qualify. Uh, so, I mean, you saw, like, like, you know, Serbia, they didn't have a lot of their, their top guns, like Jokic and Bogdanovic and guys like that. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's very tough to see anyone really challenging them, just to put it bluntly. Do you know who I think the dark horse might be in order to challenge them? I think it's France. France got some hoopers that they oh, pose a threat. France, you say? Yes, France. Yeah. They have one hooper in particular. Um, my boy, Frank Nilakina. Frank, oh, I stand up. Uh, 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 I was waiting for you. I, I baited nah, you. I baited you. Headband Frank. Let me get my New York accent. Get the f*** out of here. <laughs> my boy, Frank Nilakina, put him on the team with Batum. Put him on a team with Gobert. Let's go. Put him on a team with Fournier. That's a, okay. There we go. That's a team that could challenge them. I mean, Frank by himself could probably challenge him. Man, you talking about Killian Hayes too. Stopper Killian Hayes. I mean, 
uh, Cedric uh, Dumboya from um, or Seku Dumboya, excuse me, from uh, the Pistons. I mean, listen, they got some ballers on that team, led by King Frank. Oh, get out of here! Oh, did they even have Nando DiColo too, former Spur? Yeah. Oh they yeah, did. they got some bodies for sure. Gershon Yabusele, come oh. on, sir. You know, that, that's, that's a throwback right there. That's a throwback. Right? Timothy Luau Cabarro. Listen, man, this team, this team got some shooters, man. This team got some shooters, but gosh, Frank starting that point. Let's go, man. Let's right, go, man. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I still think France can pose a threat. But outside of that, if USA gets their act together, this should be an easy gold for them. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it it, it shouldn't take too long for them to, to get it together again. This is preseason, so uh, give them some time. Also, a lot of those guys are dead tired from the from the uh, NBA playoffs. Um, so I, I don't think anyone should be concerned. The gold is probably coming to the States. But shout out Caleb Agata. Let's go. And Frank. Canada pisses me off, man. This is, would have been a perfect opportunity just to kind of like seize the moment and get on that Legit. international stage with ease. But... Man, it's just it's just unfortunate. Maybe 2024 when you know guys like Shea and and Jamal Murray and Kelly Olynyk and those guys get healthy and ha- actually commit to the Canadian program, we'll see where things go. But as hey, of right now, it's just a massive disappointment. The under 19 team they won bronze, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So give those right guys future. five years to get there. Listen, Canada, you don't have like it's right there for you. It's right there for you. Look at look at I gotta go, man. I gotta go. Exactly. That's what he said when he was playing. I gotta go. All right. You, Ottawa, stand up. Yeah. Shout out to the GGs. You already know how it is. That ends run that. Let's head on over to AO moment of the week. AO, what the f? AO moment of the week, huh? You know what? Due to recency bias, I may have to go with our guy, Killa Cam Johnson. And you guys probably already know what I'm talking about because. This Phoenix Suns forward now owns P.J. Tucker's soul after a massive throwdown in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Like, I mean, he just took off from the free throw line. P.J. Tucker tried to take a charge. Initially, I was going to assign my AMO of the week to the refs because they didn't call the charge. But then once I looked at the replay, he didn't have his foot set as quickly enough to determine it as a charge. So I'm like, refs, you got to break this time, but I'm still watching you. Anyway... It was just really funny to me that Bud Bullenholder didn't want to allow that dunk to be a three-point play. He just said, forget it. Let me just try to challenge it, see what's worth, try to cause some kind of buzzkill. Because even if it is a legitimate poster, just like the, the antics after that's built up gets kind of nullified or forgotten in the past because of the challenge. But anyways, it's an unforgettable poster that I've seen in the NBA playoffs and P.J. Tucker simply got clowned. You looked at him on, on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever social media platform you're on. He's getting absolutely clowned. And, you know, it's really unfortunate to see such a prominent defender that really prides his craft like P.J. Tucker become a victim of circumstance, victim of his own demise, victim of his own skill set by trying to get cute with the charge while Cam Johnson... Actually, you know what? I got to give Cam Johnson credit for even trying to run through P.J. Tucker like that. This guy is literally a 6'6", 250 bulldozer, and you just run in and try to go, I believe I can fly, R. Kelly style, and complete the dunk. So, 
you know, for a guy who's in his first his first rodeo in in the playoffs and the NBA Finals to make such a play in such a critical moment in the game, even though they lost, kudos to him. PJ Tucker, you're probably gonna have a, a burner account. You got to go KD mode and start defending yourself. But that was my AMO of the week. In peace, may you rest. Never ever shoot below the neck. That's exactly what Cam Johnson was saying, man. That's exactly what he was saying. He said, I'm not shooting below the neck. I'm coming for your head, P.J. Tucker. One of the best defenders in the league right now. I said, sir, hold these. These what? These nuts. All right? (laughs) Got he. (laughs) Got he. (laughs) He gave it to him, man. P.J. Tucker just dunked, he dunked, he dunked him out of his own shoes. I know P.J. Tucker got a lot of pair of shoes and he can always replace them but you'll never be able to wear those shoes ever again because every time you look at them, you're going to remember that fro all over you, sir. That was insane. Cam Johnson, I mean, listen, when Kobe White got drafted a couple years ago, his uh, his teammate, he had one reaction when Cam Johnson got drafted. Wow, 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 exactly. That was my reaction too when he dunked that ball. Wow, play that drop. Wow, wow. Wow, bro. That's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> Cam Johnson. That was nuts. It was disgusting. Uh, shout out to him. He's playing incredible. Uh, he's really showing that he was worth that pick. A lot of people were like, he was drafted a little high. No, sir. He got up high. That's exactly what happened. So they lost that game, but he got himself a memento. He better put that on his wall. Yeah, no doubt. So let's just hope that we get more AMO of the weeks. But those refs... I'm onto them just a little bit. I was about Sir, to, about to don't throw do them it. in there. Sir. Oh, the give, urge. It's killing give me. Give them a break. Give, you, you give them a break. Give those, stop it. Give those men a break. All right. Now, my moment of the week goes a little off the court. We talked a little bit about the Nigerian basketball team beating the U.S. Uh, and it actually comes from our boy, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith has not had a great week thus far. Um, he came under fire. Uh, for, uh, you know, saying some sort of racially disparaging remarks about Shohei Itani from the Los Angeles Angels of the MLB, who's completely destroying the league right now as a pitcher and as a hitter. Uh, I believe he's leading the league in home runs. You're the baseball guy, uh, so you correct me if I'm wrong. Leading the lead in home runs, and he's also an elite pitcher. I think he has top five ERA at like 2.8 something. Like he is lights out from the mound and lights out from the batter's box. I mean, he is... Literally show stopping, showtime. First, first, first man to ever make the All Star game at two different positions, I believe, at pitcher and as a hitter. And Stephen A. Smith kind of, you know, said some pretty dumb things about, oh, this guy can't be the face of the league. He needs a translator. Blah blah blah. And then in the same show, he goes on to talk about the Nigerian basketball team, and he just disrespects them so so fully by sort of intentionally not trying to pronounce their names correctly, which like, come on, Stephen A, it's 2021 and you're a sportscaster. You get paid $8 million a year. Correct their names. I mean, he's done, he he has a career of, 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 of doing that. And and I'm surprised that he's made it this far uh, by, you know, sort of intentionally not pronouncing international players names correctly. So Gabe Vincent, I believe his real name is Namdi. uh, And he was like, Namdi Vincent and he wants to call himself Gabe and then he kind of started trying to pronounce you know Precious Achua uh, and and uh, Meti from uh, the Orlando Magic I believe 
and he just wasn't wasn't really trying it, and it was really kind of disrespectful. And even the Nigerian basketball team, uh, their official Twitter account was like, you know what, do better. You know, like you you can pronounce these names. Uh, give us a little respect. We beat your team. We beat your boys. Put some respect on our names. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Stephen A. Smith. Not having a great week. Uh, that's my moment of the week. Like you're a sportscaster, I expected this from uh, you know from Shannon and Skip, who by the way also showed a little bit of disrespect to the Nigerian basketball team when Shannon said him, Skip, Jenny, Chris Broussard, and the cameraman could beat the Nigerian basketball team. I don't think you remember that's uh, crazy. Oh, 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 Shay Shay, but uh, Skip Bayless averaged 1.4 points a game in high school. Okay. That's not going to beat the Nigerian basketball team, all right? And I know you're a Lakers fan. That doesn't make you good at basketball, all right? You're a great tight end. You're a Hall of Fame tight end. Doesn't make you good at basketball. Chris Broussard, I mean, listen, probably doesn't know much about basketball. The best player on that team might be Jenny Taft, to be honest. And I've never seen her play either. Probably. (laughs) Probably, if we're we're being frank right here. But no one's beating – they're not beating the Nigerian basketball team. They just beat Team USA. Put some respect on their names. Pronounce their names correctly. And show him some love, man. Be professional. Like, come on. It's your job. It's your job. For sure. And actually, you know what? We might have another AL moment as our guy, Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports, has tweeted that the Team USA have now lost to Australia 91-83, to dropping to 0-2 in exhibition play. Like, this is getting kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, shout out. Shout out, Dan Anda. Yeah, they got Delvadova, Dante Exum. Imagine they had Ben Simmons too. That would have been a problematic team. I don't think they qualified either, right? Am no, I? Am I? I'm pretty they sure they qualified. I'm pretty sure they did. They did. You're right. They qualified through Oceania. You're yeah. right. Yes, they might be a favorite. Hello. Yeah. Oh man, scary hours for USA. That's for sure. I didn't know Matisse Tybel played on this team too. Hell, huh. Aaron Baines. I mean, okay, that's over. Oh, that's a wrap. Yeah. Aaron Baines. That's bro, a wrap. The, the tank machine, bro. You already know. Oh, my God. You know he's going to bust KD as soon as he drives into the lane. <laughs> he probably bust his own players, too. He might hit Joe Ingles by accident. Yeah, I have all-time respect for him for lining us the fourth overall pick, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> yep. All right. That wraps up AO Moment, and that wraps up our episode. Thanks again for tuning in to our episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe to our podcast, Game Boy Pod on IG. GabrielPod underscore on Twitter. We are on Spotify and Apple platforms as well as Google Podcasts. You know what you got to do. Add reviews if you can. That'd be greatly appreciated. Yazin, is there anything you'd like to add before we cut this thing out? Just wait until the Olympics start and Frank Nilakina cooks Team USA for 32 and 12. All right. I will not shut up. You will not hear the end of it. You know what? We might have to make this a make a wish right now because this is out of control. This is, you're not getting nothing out of Frankie Ninka Ninka Ninka. I don't know whatever his name is, but you you, you just did with Stephen A. Smith, sir. We, <laughs> uh... Are we talking about Frankie Ninka 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 Ninka? Like, come oh, on, bro. Put some respect <laughs> on his name. Anyway, man, I'm gonna cut the crap here. With that being said, we'll end it off. That's game. <laughs>